0: Hello, and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Crebell known to my friends as Marv. And this time I am speaking with Ricky from Slaybells and Mistletoe Christmas. Hey, Ricky, thanks for speaking with me today.
1: Thank you, Marv. I really appreciate you letting me join you on your show.
0: Oh, it's so much fun speaking about <laughs> this at this time of the year.
1: I know we're in the middle of summer. Well, we're approaching summer here in the U S and there you are wearing a Christmas jumper. So I applaud you. It's great. I'm just in a t-shirt, but you know, I still have the Christmas spirit with me all year.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to do a screen grab of myself aren't I, Okay. <laughs> in post. So have you got an actual favorite Christmas memory?
1: You know, I thought about this question and I have tons of favorite memories from childhood, of course, the school and church Christmas pageants, watching holiday TV specials, our family Christmas party. Uh, My sister and I always watched White Christmas over the American Thanksgiving holiday. But Marv, I have to tell you one that stands out to me as a young adult. And it will always leave my sister and myself cracking up every time we reflect on it. I was visiting her. She lived out of state. And it was about a week before Christmas. And she decided impromptu to do a little neighborhood caroling. And we grabbed some people. And we went up to one house. It had been fun. It was chilly. We had our flashlights instead of candles. And we were singing along we knocked on the door and immediately a hound dog starts howling as soon as we heard the knock on the door. And I thought, okay, well, as long as he doesn't bite, I'm an animal lover. He's welcome, you know, but the gentleman who was elderly opened the door. You could tell he lived alone and it was just he and his dog. And so we started singing And the dog went crazy. And this hound, literally with long, floppy ears, he just had to, he burst out that door. He came and he plopped down in between my sister and myself. His little bum was sitting on my foot. And he started howling as we were singing. And I lost it. And I could not recover. And as soon as I lost it, then my sister lost it. But I kid you not. That dog howled right along with every Christmas tune we did and bless that gentleman's heart. He kept apologizing, kept trying to get that dog inside, but I wasn't having any of it. I finally just sat down with the dog and we sang together. So it sounds silly, but honestly, that's something you can't replicate in the world today. It has to happen spontaneously. It was wonderful.
0: That's, that's such a good story. I'm imagining a dog that looks like droopy now, just sitting on your, on your foot and singing along because he wants yeah. to join in with the fun. He does. It was so funny. He He wasn't scary at all. Even though his bark was definitely bigger
1: than his bike, he sounded ominous. But once he started just, Oh, <laughs> we didn't dare attempt oh holy night with that behind us. But at the same time, it was just fun to have him chime in in a completely different language and welcome us into his particular Christmas season.
0: <laughs> that dog absolutely loves Christmas, obviously. He does,
1: doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So so what was your inspiration then for starting the, the podcast, you know, that's all about Christmas and talking about it all year?
1: Yeah. You know, I get asked this all the time where I work. We were asked if anybody wanted to do a podcast and if so, what would it be about? And give us some ideas of what your shows would be. And I work at a radio station in Utah and I jumped at the chance because I love the idea of audio production and doing content shows. Um, And they were not as excited about Christmas as I was. Well, what they didn't know was behind the scenes, there's a big online Christmas community. And so I waited and waited because I knew I needed a partner. I knew I could not attempt this without someone helping me yep. do this show and working together. And it took, I sat on this idea for two years before my co-host Mary came along. And when we approached each other about it, it just, it clicked And I knew we've got something here. It's gonna work as long as we can figure it out because we worked opposite schedules. She now works at a different job than I do. We have the advantage of electronic and digital availabilities to us to make it all fit together. Um, And once we figured out the outline, she does Christmas news and I do an interview on a variety of Christmas topics. It all started coming together. So I knew for the longest time that a Christmas podcast would be fun, but it took two years before SBMX really materialized on the digital scene. But once we got there, we took off and we haven't looked back since.
0: I I love the title and I love the shortening of the title as well. The SBMX, that just, you know, it, it gives it action, you know, like BMX biking and it's like SBMX and it's sort of like, in your face
1: <laughs> well that's part of where it came from but i didn't want it to be s because we're a clean rated podcast okay. <laughs> and sleigh bells and mistletoe and the name actually stands for both of us because um you're going to ask me something a little bit later one of the hurdles i had to come over was finding the right name for a podcast because that's not easy no. but sleigh bells no. and mistletoe, I had to think, what's the first audio sound that would make me immediately think of Christmas? And I thought, a jingle bell, a a sleigh bell. And then Mary is a Hallmarkie. She loves Hallmark movies. And she's our expert and go-to on that topic. And I thought, that's mistletoe. That's romance. That's all the love combined into one little package there. And that's what it stands for. Each piece of that title represents each of us. Um, And we just stuck with it because we were on a deadline. We had to launch. We'll go with it. And SBMX is the shortest version of SBMX and Xmas. So S, Slay, Bells, B, Mistletoe, M, and X for Christmas because Twitter only allows you 140 characters and you have to abbreviate things at times. So it's not meant to be offensive to anyone of a particular faith that uh, doesn't like the word Christmas shortened and abbreviated. It's just kind of our need to make it work, but it's all inclusive. And we, I knew from the beginning, too, Marv, that I just, and I should ask, do you want to be called Martin or Marv?
0: I don't Does mind either. I don't okay. mind either. There's, there's sh- a certain informality to Marv, I think.
1: Okay, so Marv it is. So I should say that when I began, I knew that the timing of it Things were heating up in the United States, well, everywhere around the world. And I thought, I want this to be a sanctuary. I want it to be an escape. We are non political. We are non judgmental. Yep. We're non religious, although we do not, it's kind of hard to escape a faith based topic from time to time around a Christmas holiday. Uh, but we're not on a soapbox preaching to anyone. Everyone is welcome as long as they understand. If you come to play on our playground, you abide by our rules. So there's no dissing of people. It's just fun. It's just light. It's just come enjoy some Christmas spirit, some holiday joy, a laugh or two, and learn a little bit about the holiday because there's so much out there. We'd love to have you let us be your people. And that's kind of what this format was. So The title kind of sums up, you know, you're talking about Christmas, but it covers Mary and myself and all things Christmas. That's what the podcast is.
0: So, starting the show, you've done that. You've explained the hurdles. You've explained the inspiration for the show. Um, And so, yeah, you touch all sorts of subjects. I mean, like I said, uh, what I've got on both sides of our notes. And when you mentioned romantic films, I mean, that, that automatically is where I went to with Hallmark and I've got <laughs> Dean Kane on there and Brandon Routh. Cause of course, Brandon Routh, you've got the, uh, the kittens of Christmas. Oh gosh. Whatever it is.
1: You know, there's so much you can go with that. I, I Mary's much more of that aspect and I cover more of the music scene and my music goes all over. I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, if When I think about trends that are going out about Christmas, like right now, vintage and mid-century modern here in the States is really just, you know, coming up roses everywhere. So you really can't miss on that. Um, I know for me personally, whatever I am really interested in because i've had a lot of interest in christmas or what i think my listeners are interested in that's a possible show for me, whether it's yep. kittens or television viewing or or anything. I actually, I didn't know it at the time, but I began collecting little Christmas stories and poems and music and books uh, years ago, and yep. they just kept growing every year. in an, And that's developed into a nice bunch today. And I still draw from some of those for my own personal and podcast use. Yeah, one of the most solid places for personal stories of Special Christmas Experiences is the online Christmas community. Like social media is filled with people who have unique Christmas experiences that make a great story. So there's a lot to to share with others if we can make it interesting. Now, sometimes starting a show, as you know, is a daunting task, but it's so worth it. Finding a partner for me was essential And even if you have the right idea, then you still have to line everything up technically to be able to launch. Now there are starter kits to launch a podcast. And had I known about those years ago when we started SBMX, I probably would have bought into one. But once you can get all of that stuff squared away, if it's meant to be, it's amazing how these things will just fall into your lap and you can run with them. Because I know for me, technology was going to be an issue. As I had said, I got kicked out of the radio production studio due to COVID. And that's where I had been using my time to produce the podcast, my portion of it. At the time, a home studio, it was possible, but it wasn't something I was really achieving and striving for. Now they're just so common. Anybody can do it. But just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Maybe that's the question. But, you know, some of the other issues were commitments and deadlines for both us and our guest. And also, well, Marv, you and I have experienced this. No matter how well we plan, life just has a way of sneaking in and interfering or completely derailing a podcast episode. You know, you invited yes. me to your show last week. Uh, holiday season, I was not able to attend. And I'm not even sure if I told you why, but I ended up getting sick with multiple viruses and infections at one time. And I had acute laryngitis for almost three months. So I literally could not record anything for the podcast. So because I had worked so far in advance, I had all of those shows to fall back on. So, yeah, so things come up. And you deal with it as best you can.
0: You know, I'm going on a tangent here. I listened to a podcast episode the other night of uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She does a podcast uh, called Wiser Than Me. And her first episode was, uh, her guest was Jane Fonda. Oh, wow. Because, because one of Julia's favorite films when she was at high school was a film with uh, with Jane Fonda called Julia. Interestingly enough, and she used a quote from that in her high school uh, book when she left. When she left high school, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus did, uh-huh. and during that interview, she's there chatting away, and then suddenly you get this post. You know, for, for people listening, in post means that you it's something that you add on after you've done the production of a, of a show. So in post, she puts in this voiceover that says. Now here, something happened that, we, that I didn't expect. And what happened was a cyclone blew over LA where uh, or wherever it was that Julia Louis-Dreyfus lives. And it took out the electricity for the whole area. <laughs> Halfway through basically recording this <laughs> chat with the Jane Fonda over the phone. And they ended up having to do the rest of it at a later date.
1: Yeah, that happened to me once. Well, not that particularly, but weather interfered when I was starting out. And because I had to arrange something at home as a backup, I even had an app as a backup on my phone where you could record a conversation both ways. And the quality wasn't too bad. I, you know, it worked, but I ran it through my computer and we knew we had just gone through severe weather with thunderstorms taking out trees there was a little bit of flooding i had lined up five different interview guests for five hours of recording yeah and the weather just abolished all of them even though we kept trying to record the audio levels would drop down to the point where it just wasn't usable and then come back up and then drop down And trying to fix that was going to take hours and hours of trying to edit it to bring up those levels. But it was to a point where I even asked an editor to look at it and he says, you really just need to redo it. This can't be salvaged. So that is an ingenious way of bringing in a storm, (laughs) sound effects, (laughs) and making it understandable so that other people realize there were issues with the show. My five episodes ended up being dumped in the trash and that was one Saturday morning. I will never get back. So oh it was awful. You just have to realize these things are going to happen.
0: Five episodes.
1: Yes. Five hours. Oh my goodness, that work. The amount of work that went into that. Oh I cried almost. I almost cried yeah.
0: <laughs> the episode of this that came out before this one's coming out um we were recording and I had no uh, there was no notification sent to me or 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 anything like that and we were having trouble with the connection he ended up actually controlling the the chat on 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 his feed uh between the two of us and then sent me the files and then i did did what i could with the sound um yeah. you know taking some bits out completely because it just was inaudible and then making sense making sense of it to connect what was there and then after the event i found out that the network provider that i use had decided to do work without telling anybody on the network oh no and it kept cutting the network out and that's why and it 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 gave me yeah. really low uh, connectivity as well even when we were talking there was there were problems there because they yeah. they, they, were, they were not yeah
1: see but, everything you're talking about th- this is the radio person in me talking that despite how incredible the advantages are in this digital age, a cell phone can never truly replace a landline for audio quality um, in most cases. And despite the computer being just a whiz at advancing us, it will have its own issues that are completely out of your control. And the thing about anyone who may be thinking about starting a podcast realize that these things will happen, (laughs) not can, but they will. And sometimes you will have to just dump content because you can't do anything with it. And that, mm, if you're serious about your podcast, that's a bitter pill to swallow at times.
0: It is. It is. I've, um, and then another episode I put out, I was talking with Chris from real, real film reviewed and That one was tricky because he works in the industry of film and he teaches. So during this time when we were supposed to be together, I was only getting in for 15 minutes at a time or between 10 and 15 minutes. So we'd have this catch up chat, which we've had before we started. And then we'd get into and get about five minutes done of, right, we'll go through this, this and this. That's that five minutes. Right. Speak to you later in the week and then speak to you next week. And that whole episode was made up from five different recordings.
1: It's like a puzzle piecing it together. Mm. It really is, but it can work that way. And I think people have to look outside the box and get creative about production uh, opportunities like that. So I actually, that's, that's pretty smart. If I'm being honest, it's pretty smart to be able to piece it together like that.
0: Yeah. But I also had the, 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 I mean, I really could do, could do this nowadays. I had the additional thing that I used to put promos from other podcasts inside my show. So I'd have like a break just for a quick hello. This is blah, blah, blah from this uh-huh. podcast. And you're listening to pods like us. And right, that, yeah. and I used to use those sometimes as fillers so that you don't notice that there's been a problem there. And that fills in where, there's been a problem with signal or something. I've had to loo- lose a little bit that didn't work because you've had that in the, in, in between, you don't know that you've gone from one complete different, you know, between one thing and another. It's just, it's, I mean,
1: you, You're coming back from a brief break. Yeah. Marv, that's brilliant. I love that because that is a great way. Cause you can't always just pick up where you left off. There could be the slightest difference in tone or audio or delivery or volume. I mean, it could be anything, but that is brilliant. That's a very good idea.
0: But it's also promoting independent podcasters at the same time.
1: Yeah. If you ever want a liner from us, we'd be happy to provide
0: it. (laughs) Everybody out there, send them in. Okay. (laughs) Because when my computer uh, lost everything uh, towards the tail end of last year, Oh,
1: goodness. I lost
0: all of those interstitial. That's why there aren't any, because I don't have any to put in the shows. I'm trying to get get some.
1: Oh, You need need to make a Twitter post calling for those, because you will be inundated with offers of recording something for you. So, yeah, yeah, you can get those back easily by doing that. So you don't have to accept everyone, but, you know at least you'd be, at least it'd be a starting point.
0: So do you do the editing on your show then? And it was it you that came up with the sound. D- do you do the sound for it and then got all the music and any background sounds that you might use? Like sometimes so, you have background music, don't you? Behind some conversation. So,
1: oddly enough, we just got an opening. Jin- uh, our opening jingle is just something from online, from a free music site Because like I said, when we first started, we didn't know where this was going to go. How much would we invest in it? Would it be something we'd want to develop into something at the next level? So that's what the jingle is. Now, the opening, that big booming voice, that's a radio friend of mine. And he produced that open for me. I just wrote it out, gave him a little bit of instruction of how I wanted the delivery. And he just nailed it. And so... That was just and then I turned around and and gave him a very nice Christmas gift, along with an Amazon gift card, uh, just to say thanks for doing that for us. So we haven't really paid out of pocket a lot for our work that we do. So that's what it is. Editing. It is not my favorite at all. And I can do quick edits. I don't do a ton of it. Mary is actually the one when I send her my portion of the show, she puts her christmas news at the beginning and then levels all of it i take out all the you know the retakes or the stumbles or anything like that in my portion and then she will try to normalize the audio levels for the entire show once she adds her po- her christmas news with her portion And then it gets uploaded to our podcast platform, which is Libsyn. Um, So we both do a bit of editing, but neither of us do the entire editing of the show. So it's broken up. We share the responsibility, and like you, editing is not my not my thing. I'll do it because it's necessary. And you try to make, and this is another reason why I like show prep, what we're talking about. If you have the gift to be able to just go with a topic, that's impressive. But if you do show prep ahead of time, you can kind of know what to expect and listen for things that you want to automatically take out. And it really can make it more efficient. Not only when you're recording, but when you're editing. And I'm all for anything that will help me reduce editing time on the podcast. I'm just kind of lazy that way, I guess. Um, It has to be done. Doesn't mean you have to enjoy it. And that's the way it is for me. But streamlining all the work ahead of time can really cut down so much in post-production.
0: Yep, and with that streamlining also includes research because, I mean, I (laughs) research my show by listening to these people's shows so I know where to go in the conversation and where the tangents because I come up with a basic idea. Like, I mean, everybody knows I write bullet points, ideas, and then I know where to go from there. But the other thing is that if you're prepared with these sort of things, in my case, I think if I'm prepared like this, this is an easy wait format to follow. So I'm not thinking about, oh, while well, this person's talking, now, how am I going to ask this question here that I've written out in full? It's just a point as to how to. But if you notice something when somebody's talking, you, you, can, pick up on, that. you can pick yes. up on that and you can go, do you know what?
1: Yes. Yes. I need
0: to pick up on that before we go to the next point. Right. Ask a follow-up question.
1: It's That's the sign of a good interviewer if they can listen to what the guest is actually saying and then also you know if you hear something that makes your ears tingle you got to hit it again you know tell me more about that you know but you're right about research it's it's both fun and it can be laborious it takes time but sometimes there's there's just no getting around hard work if you want the payoff i just know that for myself if i do my homework I'm set and ready to go. And I do get that payoff. Um, That's part of the advantage, I think, of doing an interview platform for a podcast. I will write out the questions for my guests' sake. They have, I call it show prep, and it will show how the actual podcast recording session is going to go from the title of the podcast to the guest's name and title to an intro, and all, then all the questions after that. I've learned we're on a time limit. We've learned that a lot of podcasters only want a certain amount of time to listen to a show. So we go with that. So I try to keep the number of questions to a specific amount. And each one of them, it's this, 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 and this. But you're right, you have to pay attention The questions help them to prepare in advance so that they know what they're going to say. But you also have to listen to what they're going to say in case they send off some kind of little tidbit that you just have to pick up on. Um, So I do an outline that I call show prep, and that is part of the advantage of doing the interview platform. I do enough research to come up with those questions and the show outline Without necessarily having to go into a deep dive, although I do that on my own, I'll I'll jump into a lot of Christmas rabbit holes, if you know what I mean. But yeah. then once the guest has that information, they can run with it, which is what I love. Um, research can lead you to lots of interesting trivia and, and good information, especially like the hol- holidays. Because, I don't know, did you know, I found this out through research. Candy canes, there are a lot of legends out there. One of them was... They were created to to keep choir boys quiet. Did you know that? (laughs) No, no. no. I also knew I came across this years ago. Jingle Bells was the first song played in outer space. So who knew, right? Uh, Bing Crosby. I found this through my research years ago. He would always get requests to sing White Christmas. And he didn't really want to do it because he always thought it was such a sad song. He'd still do it no yep. matter what time of the year it was, because people wanted to hear it. And and in your own homeland, in England, um, I always, well, for many years, I was under the impression that Queen Victoria and Prince Albert were often credited for bring, bringing Christmas trees to England and to the palace. But I've recently been learning that it was le- actually Princess and later Queen Charlotte that may have actually popularized Christmas trees in the UK.
0: Wow. Yeah. I always thought it was what you what you said, you know, Prince Albert bringing it from well, Germany. Yeah.
1: Queen Charlotte was a, a step ahead. And then Coca-Cola, even though, so we're getting ready to do our Christmas in July and this year our series is a Coca-Cola Christmas. Coca-Cola is only partially responsible for how we perceive Santa today. They did okay. a huge makeover from what old Santa used to look like. But they don't get the entire credit, but it's just fascinating the things you can learn. So research in order that it be necessary, it can also be fun and interesting. And that's the way I like to look at it. But I enjoy that type of thing. It it would be tedious for some people. But again, on some shows, there's no way to get around it.
0: It's like sometimes I'll research people so heavily that I'll have them on as a guest and then I will say, now about this podcast that you made before this, <laughs> and then I'll explain it, and they'll be like, "Wow!" And, and it, it, it then it opens a completely different thing altogether, and that's the interesting thing. Them to me because right. if You'll I find people some- who worked to, worked on podcasts before, it's more of what's their history in the podcasting world, and how yeah. did they lead get, then go from that to what they're doing now? And
1: honestly, Marv, sometimes I've listened to some. And you can tell the serious podcasters by the research and information they share or others who just maybe try to fly by the seat of their pants and it's too light. There's not enough substance there to really give them credit. So you don't want to discourage them by any means. But sometimes it shows in your content if you've done your homework or not. So you know, that's another way to look at it. And again, it's not to be judgmental. It's just, hey, maybe I need to step this up a bit because there's more to this story here. But it is fascinating to learn some of these things.
0: It really is. So, I mean, how do you actually choose what subjects you talk about at a time? <laughs> you know, and an interesting one would be how many shows did you have prepped before you even started? Only a couple.
1: Um, And then after we got into it a couple of months, then I had all shows lined up for the rest of the year, Um, at least my portion of it. So we were very close to being near having them all done. Um, How do I choose the topics? Oh, history, foods, decorations, music, entertainment, lighting, the list goes on anything that falls under all things Christmas, that's the kind of podcast show that we'll consider covering. Um, And trust me, I have no problem finding topics for great shows. One thing we do is when Mary covers Christmas news and I follow with an interview, we sometimes will occasionally switch because she will cover something and I'll do the news, but we split it up as I like to call it a show for Christmas info. Yep. Now, sometimes I get a lot of my ideas from some of that collection I spoke about earlier. Uh, legends, myths, trivia,, uh, music is a big thing. and our listeners love Christmas music, no matter what the topic is going to be. they yep. They just love it. Um, but sometimes people will contact SBMX. And say, hey, I'd love for you to cover this on one of your shows. And I'm like, oh, a request. <laughs> okay. Um, and as an example, in a few weeks, I'm, well, uh, quite a while ago, someone contacted me contacted me over Twitter and said, have you ever thought about this particular one? And it was the Nutcracker Museum in Washington State here in the United States. Yeah. And I thought, I will add that to the list because that is right up our alley. Well, I just spoke with that little lady this week. She is ninety-eight years old. Oh my goodness! <laughs> she started this little Nutcracker Museum, turned it into a nonprofit, has had historical relics and huge donations made to it. So uh, it, it it was just a fascinating opportunity. And she was wearing her Bavarian outfit <laughs> while wow. we were recording. So. Sometimes the show topics come from guests, but honestly, if you give them a wide variety, they're never bored. They will always learn something and they'll come back. Hey, what about this? But yeah, I keep a running list of show topics or contacts and within SBMX, we do different series. One is Christmas collections. One is Christmas destinations. And we, we tell you when you're in this location, here's what to find for Christmas things. Um, That's been pretty popular as well. So I do keep a running list of show ideas and topics or maybe contacts. And if I were to do a weekly show, I'd still have enough content ideas to go probably from now until almost through the end of next year. And that's the thing. You just jot it down. Keep a a notepad with you or on your phone. Take notes. If you have an idea that comes to mind, don't lose it write it down right then. And that is the way you can do it. Um, It's really just a smart way to work. It's not necessarily ingenious. It's just being able to have the right mindset to catch it when it's happening. So that's me, but everybody does it differently. I just learned that I go back and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that show. And that is an excellent topic and perfect for this time right now. It just works out.
0: Yeah, it's um, t- as as a as an analogy, but a true life analogy. But it's not Christmassy. That's along the lines of uh, Keith Richards. He was asleep in bed, and he had like a little tape recorder at the side of his bed, or or close to him. And in the night, he, he had this idea, and he just sort of like sang this riff into mm-hmm. the tape cassette recorder. Fell asleep. And then when he woke up in the morning, he'd, he'd been drinking the night before and whatever, and all these other things that, you know, <laughs> he used to imbibe. Well, it
1: is Keith Richards. So. <laughs> it is Keith Richards.
0: And he woke up and he's like, oh, I wonder if this was any good, this idea I seem to remember having recorded it. Press play. And it was the riff for I Can't Get No Satisfaction.
1: Oh, my goodness. Paul McCartney, that happened to him too. And I think yes. it was Michelle.
0: Yeah. It was yes, yesterday. where yesterday. He, dreamt, he dreamt the yes. song yesterday. He, he called says it, yeah.
1: I saw him live in concert, loved it. Um, And he called it, he goes, well, it was just magic. And I'm like, well, he called it magic. For me, it's inspiration. It's uh, Elton John talks about it too. It's like, when it all comes, you just have to go with it. And he cranked out like several hits in an hour. And then it leaves you. And that's kind of the thing. When it comes your way, you have to stop, take it in, and then let it go. Otherwise, it won't stick around and you will forget. You won't remember to come back to it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. You, you and me share something there because I've seen Paul McCartney live as well.
1: Oh, he's a good um, show.
0: Oh. It's a great show. <laughs>
1: oh, but I wish he'd do more Christmas music. I can honestly say that.
0: <laughs> well, I, I happen to be a fan of his, you know, most famous Christmas song. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, what is it? Simply having a wonderful Christmas time.
1: <laughs> I think he could do. I think he could have done better. With his skills and talents, I, that one just seemed, although I have heard someone tell me in a podcast interview, yep. if you take it away from the synthesizer and you have it as an acoustic with guitar or piano, it is a beautiful song. So yes. I think the arrangement may be it, but it did seem a little simple for what I expect from, well, from Sir Paul.
0: But then it was just him messing about with a synthesizer, testing it out <laughs> at home. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> would it would be as, you know, I mean, I've tried for years to try and write something as good as that, but I've not. I mean, and, I, and I'm stuck recording at home, which is exactly what that is. It's a home recording. It's like Don't people give with up. a four track at home.
1: Don't give up. Keep trying. You never know. It only takes one song and you never know when that magic or inspiration or that light bulb that light bulb, that bright idea will come into play.
0: Well, you've already explained uh, the scripting process. Uh, mm-hmm. Structure is that you start with a news item and then it goes into the the uh, interview or the, the, mm-hmm. what the discussion is going to be. Yeah. So interestingly, keeping with that, how do you choose the, the people that you have on the show to discuss the subjects that you're going to look into?
1: Okay. Sometimes they are experts in what they do. Um, I have a vintage Christmas contributor. I have a vintage Christmas lighting contributor. They are every year. They're going to have at least one or two shows. I always have them back. I have a Rankin bass expert and Rankin bass, uh, for, for those who may not know, uh, they are the production guys, the genius behind Rudolph, the red nose reindeer, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, Nestor, the long-eared donkey, all of those from probably the early 60s that became childhood favorites of television viewing of kids across America. Um, So those people are almost always coming back. Sometimes I see a post on Facebook in one of the Christmas groups I'm in. I have one coming up next month. She was darling. Was she a professional speaker? No, but she was authentic. And June... In this country is the month for weddings, but we're going to do a Christmas wedding. She did hers and she did it all. And wow. she's going to talk to me about her Christmas wedding and it's beautiful. And so you just never know. You just look at something, whether you find it on social media or through specialized groups, it may be someone well within your own you know, circle of friends who has an idea of something that would make a good show. So you just keep your eyes and ears open but I find these guests all the time or if I have to if I have a topic that I don't have a guest lined up for I track one down and sometimes I do go to social media and I'll say hey anybody with well oh, I just did this uh recently on Twitter anyone with a military background who would be willing to speak on uh a Christmas podcast, please DM me. Uh, I've also put it out in certain Facebook groups or something. Usually I don't have to do that too much because I've built up a contact list over the years since we started. However, there's still the opportunity that we sometimes struggle coming in contact with someone who we or we struggle with trying to find a guest or come in contact with someone that we need but we haven't quite found yet. But I would definitely go to social media. There are a ton of people out there who, yes, we're living in a day and age where, yes, they want to, they're not shy about getting their information out there. They're not shy about sharing their photos and their name. And they think it would be fun to be on a podcast. And if they've done something Christmassy, I did one, I guess it was last year. She made her own Christmas village. But she modeled it after her hometown growing up and she named the buildings, you know, those buildings and colored them where the way they were colored in her hometown. Hmm. And that's impressive. That's unique. That's creative. That was worth a show. I reached out to her and yes, she got back to me. Um, So sometimes you have to ask, you know, publicly, anyone, know anybody I can talk to about this. And sometimes you've just got the right person.
0: So what would you say are your top five things about Christmas?
1: Oh. Marv, I am not good at this. And I always oh. ask my guests, give me your top 10 list. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's so much more. And that's the thing. It's like walking into a Baskin Robbins ice cream shop and picking one flavor. <laughs> you know? Okay, so I tried to think. My top will be faith and family. So even though I don't project my beliefs onto the podcast, um, Christmas does have a faith-based meaning for me, but that's because of my family. And I'm from a very tight-knit family, and, and we we know that the holidays are special, and it's the one time of the year we try to get together and connect and 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 bring back some of those wonderful memories that we had growing up. Uh, the next is probably music. It is such a big portion of my life. That's actually why I wanted to get into radio when I was just a punk kid. Well, I was never really a punk, but you know what I mean. I was a kid and radio became my dream. It was because of listening day and night to the music. I wanted to surround myself with music. And when I was in my ninth grade, It would be um, career day equivalent today, but the guidance counselor was in talking to us about, you've got to think now about going to college and finding a career. And I looked down this list and there it was, radio broadcasting, and it just came up from the page. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, everything within me just knew this was it. So that's how I got, that's why I got into radio was to be around music and in that environment. And trust me, if I could do it, because there there was a pot of clay that needed to be molded, I'm telling you. So Christmas music is phenomenal for me. There's something about the Christmas season next that I can't quite put my finger on, but it's hope and joy. The Christmas season is automatically filled with hope, no matter who you are, um, and joy because we share that with others. Uh, Number four, some of my decorations are very meaningful for me because of the memories attached to them. So when I bring out those certain decorations every year, I'm immediately filled with warm fuzzies because I'm transported back to a time when they meant so much to me. And I think the last one is everything else about it, the food, the Christmas stories, the traditions. And there's just something in the air about Christmas that makes it special. It's not just receiving, but when you're giving, whether, and when I say giving, it doesn't have to be a present. It can be giving of your time, giving of your means, giving through a podcast. When you're sharing that special feeling with others, it just builds them up too. And it's kind of hard to explain. Do you know what I'm trying to get at? It's, it's like being at a concert of good music and everybody loves it and you can just feel the electricity in the air because everything is on, everybody is on the same page and we just love what's happening in that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get that completely. Yeah. But I mean, uh, Christmas music going with that. So uh, what sort of Christmas music would you say you, I mean, does that encompass all Christmas music? I mean, do you, do you know the, the sort of music that we've had in in the UK because it was a big Oof. thing in the 70s where there were oh, so my... many Christmas songs released <laughs> in the 70s in the UK singles charts. It, I I it was, I'm, I'm hoping wow. to have
1: a podcast about that, Marv. <laughs> An episode on that. Yeah. Um my you know, for me a good Christmas song is a good Christmas song. It doesn't matter the genre whether or the era. Uh okay. so I like everything from the 40s. I love British. I I don't know as much about country and western c- Christmas music. I, that because that's not really my thing, but I can appreciate it. And I, there's Christmas music all over. It. That's good. And I'll tell you right now, one of our first episodes to surpass um into four digits for downloads and it wow. was kind of unique was a new wave Christmas. <laughs> And it was 80s bands on holiday. And and by new wave, most of those artists in there came from the UK. And so I thought this is either going to flop or it's going to take off. But I just knew. And I told everybody listening to that podcast, keep an open mind because you just may not realize what you're missing until you hear some of these bands we're going to talk about. You talked about music a little bit ago as far as our show open. No, and and I don't use licensed music. I can't as an indie podcaster. I don't have the rights or pay for the pay the license to be able to use any kind of music that's out there that you'd hear on the radio. Yep. But we have found in our shows where we talk about music, it, it's not needed. It would be great, but it's not needed because we keep the content going. And I can't, people came back to me, they had no idea I was going to talk about. Oh, I even did an episode last year for uh, Captain Sensible and One Christmas Catalog because it fit perfectly within our Christmas in July series of Christmas catalogs like the Sears Christmas Wish Book. But that one song had many people captivated. It was just perfect. Um, so, yeah, I, I love everything from crooners and songbirds to modern day to British to I even like there's Celtic. I like some of that. There's even this kind of I wouldn't necessarily call it a trend, but maybe an underground movement movement where it's almost like medieval music. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know really how to. Call it, but yeah, and that is fascinating. It's just fascinating.
0: Yeah. So in in the medieval, you might you might include something uh, traditional like in dolce jubilo and things like that.
1: Yeah, and I have a friend. We're going to do some British Christmas music. Some of the artists I'm familiar with. Some of them I am not. But most of the songs I've likely heard at least once in my life. So. I, the Christmas music field is just wide open and I'm not really sure you can tap it enough that people would tire of it.
0: No, no, but it's the same as Christmas film. I mean, you know, you can, yeah. there are so many Christmas films yeah. out there that the list y- you could, I mean, I mean, what is it? De- Deck the Hallmark. I mean, they make, they make an entire series, you know, podcast series all about exactly, Hallmark exactly. Christmas films, you know, there's so many of them.
1: Yeah. So I think people I think the root of it is nostalgia. Yeah. I think it brings back fond memories for a lot of things. But um I, I'm gonna skip ahead and make a comment because you're gonna ask me about it anyway. When it comes to Christmas music, you just need to crank those tunes. There have been so many studies and so much research research that shows that music has so much positivity on our brains, our hearts, our dispositions, our mentality, and so forth. So mind, body, spirit, we somehow connect to music on a level that I'm not sure we fully understand. So always plan to just crank the Christmas music, whether it's your favorites, but branch out and into new things and just definitely make that a part of your Christmas holiday. You won't regret it. It is such an important part of the season and it can totally lift you when you don't expect it or it can transport you back in time to a specific moment from maybe it's your childhood and you can think of your mother singing this while she was decorating the tree. It's, it's really amazing the imprint that it has on our lives.
0: Yep. I would suggest to people as well something that I do every year which is I have on my phone um so because I work a lot over the Christmas season so I have on my phone a couple of different playlists that are I think I call them Christmas 1 and Christmas 2 and they are specific Christmas songs that yeah. keep you in that spirit. And this there is something different that, that perks you up about Christmas, although there are some sad, sad Christmas songs as well. But yeah. But
1: And frankly, I think we've been living in a time the last, I don't know, three to five years where we've needed that boost, if that makes any sense. And I know there are people who struggle at Christmas. I know that. Yeah. But for those who will give it a chance, uh, it automatically just kind of puts a spring in your step and makes you feel a little bit jolly. <laughs>
0: You know, it's a shame that John Lennon's not around so he can alter one of his songs slightly (laughs) and call it Give Christmas a Chance. (laughs)
1: Well, I wasn't going to say anything about that, but since you opened the door, no. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he's right on some things, though, isn't he?
0: And his actual Christmas song is possibly my favourite Christmas song anyway. Is it
1: really? Tell me why.
0: I don't know. There's something about it that, You you know what what to me makes a really good Christmas song is one where it accidentally comes on when you shuffle your music in the year at some point and you think, do you know what? I'll give this a yeah, I'll keep listening to it. I won't skip it even sometime in the year. And it's that song because it's got a message that isn't just about Christmas, it's about peace in the world and it's got a positive message to it that is about... All the year and forever, in my opinion, that's what gives it that something magic. And even the production sound of it where they're doing it, just all of them there. And it's got that almost, Mm -hmm. uh, Phil Spector's giving it an almost, it's almost like a, almost a surreal ghostly feel to the production. It's almost like, you know, it's just there and it's got a weird sound to it that just works. Yeah.
1: Well, first. Christmas, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So that whole feeling of peace goes right with the season. Second, oh, Phil Spector. Wow. Third, I felt that same way about Sting Okay. (laughs) with Gabriel's message.
0: That's a lovely song.
1: You know, you're going along and you're hearing all kinds of nice, bouncy holiday tunes. And then all of a sudden, something that's The sound comes over the radio that sounds like it's coming directly from monks chanting. (laughs) And it's beautiful. And then I listen and I'm like, whoa, that sting. And there is something. it, It takes you to a different place. So and I will say here in the United States, wham with last Christmas, George Michael, it's hit or miss. You know, people either love it or it's been overplayed like Band-Aid and it's been overplayed and they're they're kind of done with it. But but sometimes, you know, you think about oh, last Christmas, everybody was thinking about last Christmas when COVID hit. It's like we weren't going through this and we didn't know how good it was then. You know, it's there are things to be said about every Christmas song, whether it hits you at the moment, it may hit you a little bit later.
0: Yep, and R- Ricky's hit on something there I'm going to just push on people, which is that song by Sting is on an entire album full of Christmas and winter-themed songs.
1: It's but a good most album. Of them,
0: most of them are traditional uh, hymns or, like you say, Gregorian chants. That he's, that he's- yes that he's done that are modern and it's called if on a winter's night and it's a superb album it's a really good album
1: and what made it stand out at the time was that it did not sound like any other christmas album it was so unique in the way it was produced his own touch on it it's like you said like chants coming from the monks and and what you said a gregorian chris there were times i thought is this kind of taking me back to medieval times with Mm -hmm. some of the instruments that were being played and it was so unique i think it may have been a little bit of ahead of its ahead of its time but at the same time it will stand the test of time because it is a solid solid production
0: Do you know what else stands the test of time? My favourite Christmas album of all time, the Phil Spector Christmas album.
1: Okay. Is it... Oh, 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 I can't think of her name right now.
0: (laughs) Darlene Love.
1: Okay. But that whole album. Is it the one with the various artists?
0: Yeah, it's got all the different... um, Yeah, like a Motown sound kind of... Phil Spector groups, isn't it? So you've got the... Yeah, you've got Darlene Love there. You've got... Uh, bobby socks and the blue jeans—I yes. think they're called or something—and yes. and, and uh, oh, what else have we got? And on, I haven't read. I, vis- yeah. I
1: haven't visited that one in a long time. I made a post about that on our Facebook group page, probably last summer. I don't know. And I'm like, I just love this one. I've got to do a show on it sometime. And I thought nobody is going to pick up on this one. Well, consider me corrected because <laughs> yeah, people knew exactly what it was. And I thought, okay, I've got to do a show on that. But, and oh gosh, it escapes me now. But I remember thinking, this is a great album. It's a great album. And especially if you have it on vinyl. <laughs>
0: so. well, interesting bit of trivia. You've got Sonny and Cher on that album all the way through, by the way.
1: Oh, I didn't remember that one.
0: Because Cher is one of the backing singers in the background all the way through the album. And a lot of the arrangements were made with Sonny Bono, and he's one of the percussion players.
1: Okay, maybe if, I'm not thinking of the same album. I've got to go back and check my notes. But you are, that's you are fascinating.
0: Because, because Sonny Bono <laughs> used to be the assistant to to Phil Spector, and his wow. girlfriend was Cher.
1: Yeah. Wow, man, that's amazing. That's great insight. Oh goodness, you learn something new every day. See, this is research. <laughs> this makes it fascinating.
0: So to help people on the way. Yeah. What's your, you know, number one advice for people at Christmas?
1: Uh, plan ahead, shop ahead, bake ahead, take shortcuts with no apologies. I would also say keep holiday traditions, no matter how hard it is. They're important. If you don't have any, start some because you will be amazed when kids grow up, they will come back. Remember when we did that, and you will realize the impact that you had with those traditions every year. Have loads of fun, but don't embarrass yourself at the Christmas party starting to revamp after COVID because remember, everybody has a camera now and you're just one post away from being online famous and not in a good way. Um, Don't let the hustle and bustle of of the season overtake you. Seek out moments for the silence the peace of the season, the joy of the simple things that only come that special time of year, and as I said, crank up the Christmas tunes. They will bring you joy and happiness. That's my advice. So,
0: and a my advice there, is to keep listening to the to the to the show, sleigh bells and mistletoe <laughs> Christmas for more great <laughs> advice <you>. like this.
1: <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that very much. Well. It...
0: You know, I should have mentioned this earlier on, but it works because it's got a structure to it that is—I mean, it's—it's it's a relative. It's, it, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel, shall no. we say, when it comes to structure. It's—it's yeah. it's an age-old structure that's always the same. So you start with, like you said, the introduction. You have the news from the news from Mary most of the time, yeah. and sometimes mm-hmm. from yourself. And then you have a main article, as it would be in a magazine program, as, as they're right. called. That that is that, that. and then you have the outro close. So, but there's a reason why that work, why that works, is because it's it's a perfect structure for a show like that. That's why that structure's been there from almost day one of television and radio programming.
1: And people, when they download our podcast and start listening, they know what to expect. They know what's going to be coming up. They're just waiting to hear what it is. Uh, In a way, it's kind of what we do in radio and television. It's called programming. We set these programs up so that everyone knows what to expect, when, and what they're going to get from that program. So um, I'm not trying to purposely condition people. It turns out that way, I guess. But it's just our format. It's what we follow. It what's It's what works for us. Because as I said, we are separate entities trying to bring this one project together.
0: Great. So what advice would you give to people wanting to start a podcast?
1: Be committed. Know that if it can be done, you can do it. But also know that it's the equivalent of a part-time job. So add that part-time job into your real life obligations and truly determine if you can make it happen. I will say there's an old saying we have, if it's all fun and game, it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Um, and there's some truth to that here because podcasting is fun when you're starting. <laughs> and then if you get to a point where it's no longer fun, maybe it's really not the right time for you. So put it on a shelf for a while and then revisit it. But podcasting advice is just make it your own. Um, Try to listen to some of the podcasts you really like and understand why you like those podcasts. Do they follow a format and a show or do they just get together and laugh? You can hear them eating and drinking and snacking while they're talking Whatever you like in those shows, make that a part of your show and also be prepared to launch because once you're launched, there's a lot of stuff that goes into getting ready to launch. And once that happens, then commit, really commit to how many shows you're going to do, when you're going to do them and how you're going to get your information out there. And then the other thing is just. Try to enjoy it, but be prepared to work. Uh, It it is part of it. But do yourself one of the biggest favors. You don't necessarily have to pour a lot of money into equipment. I see a lot of beginners just go all out to set up a, a home studio with hundreds and hundreds of dollars with a podcast equipment set up. The one thing I would not scrimp on, is a good microphone. Your voice is your tool. Make sure you sound good. Other things, yeah, you can pay the money if you want to, but you can get by with maybe not paying as much. But the one thing you really want to invest in is a good microphone and make sure you research that and do one that will do your voice well. That's my advice.
0: And if nobody, if anybody didn't notice what Ricky was saying there, shows how good she is at this because she segued perfectly there by mentioning listening to podcast into oh, the yeah. next question, which is what podcast do you like to listen to, Ricky, whether it's for inspiration or just to get away from it all?
1: Okay. So, um, first, uh, a disclaimer. My time available to, lis- to listen to podcasts for pleasure is limited to winter months only when SBMX is not in the works because my podcast takes up the majority of my time when I'm not at my real job Um, And so that is the caveat. So when I do start listening, I do check out from time to time some of my other Christmas friends and their podcasts. Like, as I said, My Merry Little Podcast. Um, They also branch out into an entire online holiday community. uh, Christmas Alphabet that you tipped me off to, who's also based out of England. Seasons Eatings. Because I love Christmas food. And, uh, Glenn and I became friends. And so he's been on my show a few times, totally rad. Uh, but I will also say if I have a show topic in mind, I will particularly avoid listening to them because I don't want to copy their content. I don't want people copying my content. You know, I've had them take my guest, my show outline, the very questions, you know, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But, well it's not really fine it's kind of an insult and it's it's cheating but when i said mimic those that you like don't necessarily steal their information everybody does it today because we're on social media and everybody just copies and pastes whatever somebody else has done yeah. but if you really want to impress them um just copy their style or or try to imitate something of what they have and take several and make it your own. Uh, Another one that I like to listen to is because he is a radio hero of mine is Bean, Bean Baxter. And so it's a mix of Bean and Alley with a cup of tea and a chat. And sometimes it's a cup of tea at poolside or wherever he happens to be. He has been on the radio in both the UK and in the United States, a radio hall of famer. So I really appreciate him. Uh, I like history podcaster Dan Morris on Tracing the Path. Um, If I like a podcaster well enough and I think they can fit within the Christmas parameters, they will show up on a Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas podcast. So I look for entertaining podcasts, not like true crime or celebrity podcasts, because Because of my work environment, I'm surrounded by that. And I need a break. I need a balance in life. So my listening choices are going to be very different than probably most podcasters. Uh, They're the listening choices of those who choose to listen to podcasts. I'm just not like the traditional listener when it comes to podcasts. But um, I have to give you props, Marv, because it's shows like yours, pods like us who give a little show like mine, uh, information, and almost a directory of other podcasts to go to. And you're helping me make choices on shows that I would want to hear so that I don't have to go through. There are almost 1 billion podcasts out there. I can't look through that entire directory, but you sum it up in a way, hey, this might be one you want to check out. So your efforts are valuable and appreciated. And I'm not just saying that to suck up. (laughs) It's really (laughs) true. (laughs) So um, and I think sometimes when you've met a fellow podcaster, you you sometimes connect on a different level than you would in a different atmosphere. I think that makes sense, right?
0: It does. Watch this space. A directory online is being created at the moment that I'm working on. So I am working on a directory that you can go to on my website. The idea is that you'll be able to go on there and find where I've spoken to people that chat about specific subjects. So you can look up a subject on the directory and you'll have a list of shows where I've spoken with these people. So it's easier to find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for a show about, I don't know, Star Trek, you can go on there and find out where I've spoken to people yeah. who talk about Star Trek, people who've talked spoken about Christmas. We've mentioned some of the same people because I've yeah. I've had seasoned eatings before. That was a great, that was a great show.
1: Glenn's uh, awesome. Glenn yeah. is
0: fantastic. And uh, his knowledge of food is incredible to yeah. do with Christmas.
1: Yeah. He's a yeah. baker and it shows.
0: <laughs> it really does. He knows his business.
1: He does. <laughs> but
0: I am in the midst of actually getting that directive put together so that people can then find it easier and go to what they look go for what they're looking for.
1: Well, you're doing a great service with it. You really are, Whether you realize it or not.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So where can people find you and get hold of you?
1: Okay. Right now, we're on social media. Like I said, I didn't know if SBMX would take off or not. Funny enough, it has. Uh, so we have a website under construction. It's not there yet. When it comes up, it will be sleighbellsandmistletoe.com. But it's not there yet. So we were late in doing that. Uh, but we are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And you can also email us if you should ever have a podcast show idea at sbellsxmas@gmail.com at gmail.com.
0: Okay. Thank you for speaking with me today, Ricky.
1: Thank you, Marv. I really appreciate your time and for you staying up way past your bedtime to meet with me here from the United States. Have a great be, night.
0: Thank you very much. I'll be going for a, uh, for a, okay, well, will I really be going for a cocoa to take you to bed with me? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, sleep well, my friend.
0: <laughs> thank you. And you can find pods like us on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok we're also on patreon if you just look for pods like us and the website i mentioned which is the but anyway thank you everyone for listening and hope you're listening again to another episode of pods like us
1: Okay.